And welcome back to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans come together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, back again, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And again, thank you, Nikki, for, for sitting in my chair. And for, for taking over for me, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm hearing wonderful things. Oh, yeah. You, you, just, you did a great job. You had big shoes to fill, but uh, we both had a great time. So I'm really and, glad. And, I, and I, think, I think people seem to enjoy it. So maybe we'll have her back on at some point. That would she, be great. If she's willing. <laughs> it's, this what is hell can easy. we put her through this time? Ooh. Is there a sequel to The Mask? Yes. Shit, you're right. <laughs> Is there a soundtrack to the sequel to The Mask? I don't know. I don't want to know. Who sings Cuban Pete? You must know. Jamie Kennedy. See, I already don't want it. Let's just not do it. <laughs> There's no way that's going to be good. I can tell you right now. I'm sorry. I even brought it up. So this is our 50th episode, everybody. Can I can't believe, believe we made it till 50. This is I great. Know. You look good for 50. I, thank you. And so do you. Thank you. And this, as I'm sure you're aware, is a part of our On the Fives series. Uh, every fifth episode, we kind of take some time off from the regular soundtrack beat to talk about some things that are a little off the beaten path, if you will. And this time, we are looking way back at the entire breadth of our show so far. So join us as we discuss some of our favorites on uh, the OST party. Favorites from... OST parties past, if you will. No, it's it's been a wild ride. I, there were actually episodes that I've forgotten we'd done as I was going back through. So yeah. I guess we did do an episode on Shaun of the Dead. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So tonight on the show, you know, we've covered so much ground and we've listened to a lot of music. But uh, for our 50th episode, we decided to take a look back at where we've been and pick out a few of our favorites, a few of our new favorites. That yes. we've discovered through this show, and we hope you'll we hope you'll join us on this uh, on this very navel gazing episode. Yes, and uh, of course, this will be on our Twitter at OST Party. Uh, so fill in with your favorites. You know, what are some some new songs that you discovered from this podcast? We'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at OSTPartyPod at gmail Yes. Before we get into uh, any of those, we have to talk about the poll from our last episode, our Knight's Tale episode, uh, where Nikki and I talked about some of the like the classic rock staples of A Knight's Tale. And with a solid 50% of the vote, let's see, yeah, yeah, 50% of the vote, uh, David Bowie's Golden Years won that poll. Hmm. Like, that's, I think that's the song that everybody remembers from that movie, so that makes sense. Okay. Uh, it's like the big dance number scene, so yeah, sure, mm-hmm. why not? Uh, 33% voted for We Are the Champions, uh, performed by Robbie Williams. Okay. Yeah, no, I 33% is, that's too high for anything involving Robbie Williams. Yeah, really. Um, and then uh, Sly and the Family Stone with I Want to Take You Higher got 16.5%. And then uh, War's Lowrider got a big fat goose egg. Ooh. You absolute monsters. What is wrong <laughs> with you? But that was a great episode. I had a good Mm -hmm. time with it. Hopefully you did too. So let's move on. Libby, take it away. All right. So it really was fun to to look back on everything we've covered. This podcast has been so great for my record collection, for my digital music collection. I've really discovered a lot of wonderful music and then revisited a lot of stuff that I hadn't maybe paid as much attention to. And we'll we'll talk about some of those as as we go forward. But um, number 10 for me is Bricklin's Walk Away from episode number 36, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let's go to a clip.
Now, I had to go with Bricklin here. One, because I just think they're adorable. And <laughs> I I just, I, I ended up really liking this song uh, more than I expected. And I think especially this week, it kind of hit me. Uh, my friend Mackenzie, fellow Roadhouse devotee, reminded me that our 20-year reunion is coming up this summer. And I will not go. Because obviously, as you heard on my on our Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion podcast, I'm just not doing that. Uh, but really, even in listening to this song again, preparing for this episode and its sort of lonely small town feel, like really kind of stuck with me. It really like kind of gummed on as I thought about what I felt like in my early 20s living in Cobleskill and then later I uh, living in Binghamton and that that feeling that you're kind of the last one there mm -hmm. and you know waiting for your your friends to all come back so it, it kind of got me like right in the feels as the kids say <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> I I can't get over just how good that sort of triumphant sort of guitar riff is yeah it's just it makes you feel good but you're right there is something kind of like I guess wistful about this song too, in, in a yeah. way. Yeah, like a deep melancholy uh, that that I I just kind of couldn't shake, uh, you know, these days. So it like to the, I think part of it is also because obviously we're in this pandemic, mm -hmm. and I am so desperate for seeing people's faces that I probably would go to my high school reunion just, just to like for, see another human being, just for a change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. So. I get that. I understand yeah. that completely. But um, that I, apparently they're planning it on Facebook, which I'm not on. So I'm just like, well, fine. Plan it on Twitter and I'll come. <laughs> yeah. They won't do that. <laughs> they won't. And I don't want to go anyway. Can you imagine like the trolls who would like just tweet bomb that, uh, that Twitter thread? Go for it. Just randos like, oh, high school reunion, help me in. Like, you don't even go here. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Yeah. No, thanks. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll go to my high school reunion if uh, Ginny Garofalo goes with me. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Let's, uh, let's Let's hop on Cameo and see if we can make that happen. <laughs> see if we can get, uh, maybe I can get Julia Campbell to go with me. Right, there you go. <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, I was recently on uh, an episode of our friend's podcast, Secret of the Sailor Madness. Yes. Where we talk, where we compared the Bill and Ted movie to the Bill and Ted cartoon, and that's a really weird walk down memory lane because, like, I haven't I hadn't thought about the cartoon in like thirty years. I knew I had seen it at some point, but then to like watch the movie, which you know I love, I've, I've always loved, and then this cartoon, which is kind of sort of Bill and Ted, but not really, and <laughs> they really they kind of they really lean on like the guitar riffy kind of music in that too. <laughs> To an obscene degree. And so that was a fun experience. Yes. Um, not, yeah, like, not, I, I wish we had got, I wish there would some, was some Bricklin in the cartoon, to be honest. Yeah. That would have well, been huge. <laughs> uh, the downside of revisiting this soundtrack was that I also got two heads are better than one stuck in my head. Ooh. And it, I'm very mad and I'm in a terrible mood about it. Yeah, I, I understand. That's, that's, that's a on you, man. That's on me, and I, yeah. I, you know, I can't. What? Yeah. What am I gonna say? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, so what's number nine for you? Okay. Well, number nine. Speaking of number nine, let's go all the way back to episode number nine, uh, the Repo Man soundtrack, uh, for a song that I honestly never expected to be stuck in my head or to be a song that I would ever like hum or sing to myself in any context. It's TV Party by Black Flag. Let's take a listen. TV Party tonight. Right. We're gonna have a TV party, all right. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. All our friends are gonna hang out here tonight. Yeah, I. This one surprised me when I saw it come up on your list. Okay. I would never call this a great song. I make no bones about the fact that this is dumb and kind of intentionally obtuse. Uh, 
<laughs> but there's some, there's something I like about chanting TV party tonight. And like every Friday when I leave work, I just kind of start chanting this to myself in my head <laughs> as I'm going home, just instinctively. And <laughs> something about that, something about this song like really reaches down into like the base of my brain and just like grabs my lizard brain and just shakes it. <laughs> <laughs> just baby shakes it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it, yeah. It's aggressive. So it really I was, is, but it's <laughs> it, it really is the feeling of like coming home from work on a Friday night. All you want to do is just sit and watch something stupid on TV. So, and, yeah, which I think yeah. is it definitely. I mean, that's sort of the ironic piece of it is they're mocking that TV suburban culture. But um, but then in listening to it and, you know, when they're yelling out TV shows, I'm like, I should rewatch Cobra Kai. And I think because we were, I was in the, the mindset of this podcast, and but I was like making dinner, listening to it, and thinking about, yeah, The Karate Kid and, uh, you know, all the other uh, movies we've watched in this crazy adventure. So, I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that took me by surprise. Your list, you've, you've got kind of a, a wide swath of a list. Yeah, and you, I, you I realized when I was making my list that the songs that I was picking out were like very mimetic. <laughs> and I don't know if that how that much that says about my taste in music or if it was just songs that I remembered from the show. Yeah. <laughs> but so. in in uh in looking this one up, I had to go straight back to the Reaper Man soundtrack because I realized there's three or four different cuts of the song that Black Flag recorded over the years. Mm-hmm. And specifically, like I just plain prefer the one from the Reaper Man soundtrack. I just like the bass line better. I like the shouting better. It just sounds right to me, you know? Yeah. I was kind of in going back and re-listening to it. It was longer than I remember. Yeah, there's like a whole story going on there. <laughs> yeah, and especially because a lot of punk is kind of short. Right. So for this to go on, I think it's about a five minute cut. Just mm-hmm. like, okay, I, you guys are having a TV party. Are you going to list every TV show that's ever been made? Apparently. Is, is this Wandavision? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle, Bewitched. Uh, God, what other shows did they do? I don't fucking remember. It's all TV, all shows that are that are all Fox shows that are owned by Disney now. Yay! They could just go through our uh, our last episode on TV theme songs. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's the that's the way this list starts is with me kind of just being a dummy about TV and realizing that this is just a goofy fun song. And yeah. it gets better from here, trust me. Yeah. No, and this is, again, we covered such a wide variety of music on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I like I like to see it, it represented. And Repo Man was a really fun episode. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. And like, I just, yeah, that was just, that was a film that I didn't realize that I needed in my life. But uh, our friend Neil Jacoby came in and introduced us to it. And thank you so much for that. Yes, <laughs> thank you, you Neil. Are. You're just another suburban punk. That's right. When, whenever I think of shrimp or plate of shrimp, I think of you. No, that's not true. <laughs> Anywho, let's move on. Libby, where are we going next? So, all right. Uh, number eight from uh, our number 33 episode, uh, There's Something About Mary. The It's the Lemonheads. If I could talk, I'd tell you. Oh. Now, let's go to a clip. I forgot how deceptively fun this song is. Yes. This this one, I went through a period, I think, after we recorded that episode, probably about a three-week period, where I listened to this song every single morning. This Mm. hit me, like, right in a good spot of exactly what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, you you all know it. I'm a big sucker for that jangle pop sound. And... This kind of sent me on a quest to get a little more into the Lemonheads. I was disappointed that I couldn't find this album, um, It's a Shame About Ray, on vinyl for an, shall we say, accessible price. Ah, it's but, a rarity, I guess. Yes. Oh. Um, but I just really, really fell in love 
with this song. It's a nice, easy way to, you know, start your morning. It's just so odd and delightful. And it is. It's it's kind of a dark, weird song. Mm-hmm. But it's it just kind of melts on you. And it's strange because if you played this song for me, just like at my house, I would not think, yes, this should be in a Farrelly Brothers movie. <laughs> but it was. A romantic comedy, even. Yes, exactly. Like where a woman put semen in her hair thinking that it's hair gel like it's like okay yeah i would not think the lemon heads but here we go i mean oscar winner peter farrelly really does know how to put together a soundtrack he really is just a a master craftsman isn't he? yes exactly even though it probably wasn't him it was a music supervisor but exactly whoever you are music supervisor or or even his his brother uh, bob farrelly Bobby Farrelly. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows about these things? But yeah, no, this, this is such a fun little song. I, I, actually, I had actually genuinely forgotten about it, so thank you for reintroducing me to it. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, boy. So. Good stuff. Yes. All right. So that puts us at number seven. Joe, that's you. All right, number seven. Well, let's go way, way back to our fourth episode ever. Uh, kind of staying with the, the mood from Black Flag, but not quite. Um, it's... It's uh, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult with Sex on Wheels from the Cool World soundtrack. Let's hit it. Yes. Sex on Wheels. You are welcome. I'm glad I brought this into your life. <laughs> Thank you. As ever since this that episode way back with the start the start of this podcast like that's the one song from cool world that's like it's snuck right into my uh my uh music lineup and just fits in like a glove i love it so much yeah and what what do you drive by the way i drive a subaru outback okay i drive a uh chevy cruise but there really is something about this song like blasting this even in our nerd cars yeah it's just like yeah me and my tan 2011 chevy cruise i am 100 percent sex on wheels <laughs> absolutely as every uh every one of my coworkers said i drove a, i drive a mom car so you absolutely you not only drive a mom car you drive a vermont mom car i'm surprised you drive a subaru down there eh, well I live in that sweet spot in North Carolina where any di- you pick a direction and go in an hour, you're you know in the mountains, you're in the beach, you're in a different state. It's just road trip city down here. And yeah, that's, that's kind of why I bought it. It's it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just I'm always surprised with like people down south have Subarus because I always think of them as like very northern cars. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Because they're everywhere up here. Oh, but, they're everywhere uh, down here too. <laughs> yeah, hmm. don't get it twisted. Surprise, it's like, surprise. It's pickup uh, trucks and Subarus as far as the eye can see. All right. Um, it's funny, though, that you bring up Cool World, because ever since that episode, I've really gotten into the Thompson Twins' Play With Me, which was one I usually uh, skipped. But that had been a favorite of yours when we first did it. That was, yeah. I, I really dug that one. But then I, th- I think just the the rock flavor of this one, and then this really reminds me of... Um, God, what's the name of that band? KMFDM songs. Oh, yeah. of, some of them so songs kind of sound like this. And it's just like, I love this stuff. Yeah, they now, were they were contemporaries. Yeah. Uh, and then you put like the Thrill Kill Cult song that we got from like the Crow. I'm not so much into that, but this one's just got a, a fun beat. It's got a fun uh riff to it. Yeah, I, it's super it's got that like really filthy uh it's, it's sax so in there. Grimy and filthy <laughs> and gross. No. And like I said, it's just got that great beat to it. I cannot I I am powerless against sex on wheels. <laughs> we all are. And uh, Corey Funk, our listener, Corey Funk, um, was the first one to point out that after we did that episode, um, about probably a year and a half later, the Cool World soundtrack was released on vinyl. Ah, uh, yes. It is on flesh colored vinyl. It is the ugliest thing you've ever seen. I'll bet. That it is so gross. hideous. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I did it on record Saturday. Mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it just, it sounds really, really good. It's a good pressing. So if you could find uh, the Cool World soundtrack on vinyl, I highly recommend picking it up. 
I'll keep my eyes off for that. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I snatched it right up. I was so excited. <laughs> now we just got to get that Mark Isham score. Yeah, just that's, that's the last Record Saturday exclusive we got to get out there. Oh, well, well yeah. the last Cool World Record Saturday exclusive. There's yes. still lots of lots and lots of work left to do. Yes, we need to get another. We need to get a repressing of the uh, There's Something About Mary soundtrack and a repressing of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yes, please. Please, yes, please. please. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what else can I say about Sex on Wheels? It's just grimy and dirty and kind of goofy, and I love it. It's exactly my kind of music. <laughs> Again, it was weird listening to it while like making Indian food this evening. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah, just like in my kitchen. Or like Making. me driving to the hardware store to buy light bulbs. Like, yeah, sex on wheels. <laughs> 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 uh, this is adulthood. It's amazing. Uh, welcome, welcome to life, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, we've, we've gone from Brooklyn to sex on wheels. We've had weirder transitions. Oh, you yeah. know. Speaking of weird transitions, Libby, what's up next? <laughs> All right, uh, number six comes from episode number 18 uh streets of fire this was another uh recommendation from our friend rodney yes so uh, rock and rod yes uh this is done by fire inc uh standing in for uh ellen aim and the attack did i get that right yes i yes. always want to say ellen aim and the attractions <laughs> but <laughs> it's um also it's a it's, it's a jim steinman original i mean how oh, could you it's... how could you mis- mistake it Violently, Jim Steinman. Let's go to a clip. Jim Steinman, of course, has been on our minds since we did the Footloose soundtrack. Of course, yeah. So. This, I know we made fun of Streets of Fire for its sort of irrepressible goofiness when we watched it. Like, it was just such a slog watching it. But the more I think about it, this soundtrack just, like, really got me. <laughs> it's really good. It, 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 it How did is. this happen? It grew on me. Like, I didn't expect it to grow on me, but it grew on me. Oh, my God. This one, like, <laughs> this song... I it's one of those I'll put it on I've got it on vinyl and again we did it for record Saturday and I will put it on and then I will move the needle back and listen to it again <laughs> I love this song it's got that like that enormous drum fill yes like, I love right that up. I just like I cannot get over it and it's it's a weird I actually should have tied this to walk away because they both have this sense of of small places mm-hmm. but with Brooklyn, it's like i'm gonna wait here for my friends to come back and she's like i gotta get the fuck out of this town right like whatever i'll do anything it's like it's like fast car on speed yeah there's like a very like a bruce springsteen born to run kind of vibe to this song but it's like born to run on speed yeah or really <laughs> probably more like a cocaine just like a yeah. massive giant pile of blow <laughs> I love it. I love this like, it's, And I love that Jim Steinman is, like, dedicates himself to like, I don't know how to put this. He, he Every song is like the infinite jest of music. There's just like way <laughs> too fucking many lyrics. And they, but it always works. Yeah. They're just, they're enormous and overstuffed. And, and just great. And they really, they hit you in a primal place. They do. They do. Total Eclipse of the Heart hits you there, uh, holding out for a hero from Footloose. Again, just like really like gets you in some primal low piece of your soul. I know. And it's it, it almost like, gives you a panic attack because, oh, God, like the stakes feel so high for this song. Yeah. And it's like, again, I'm driving to the grocery store to buy <laughs> milk. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I am driving a Chevy Cruze. You're at a stoplight and you're saying to yourself, I'm going nowhere slowly. That's, that's for damn sure. <laughs> it's like, I got to get out of here and go buy pants. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I, I love I, it. It does. There's a, a great sense of urgency to it. There really is. And I think 
I, I want to say back during that episode, I thought the other Steinman song, um, God, what was it called? Tonight is what it means to be young. Tonight's what it means to be young. Thank you. I, th- I think I preferred that one, but now listening back to this, no, it's this one. It's got to mm-hmm. be this one. Yeah, this is this and, one's a lot, and it, it's it's tough to wrestle. Uh, I can dream about you like away from me, but yeah. I'd say those two are pretty well, even. There, there's just so many. Like kind of, I I thought about picking two or three different ones off the soundtrack, so I'm glad you nailed it in one. Yeah, because like I could have. I could have picked Sorcerer because, like, that's one that I do find myself humming a lot. I could have picked uh, Countdown to Love just because I think that's goofy and funny and I like that stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, Nowhere Fast is, like, Streets of Fire in a nutshell. And I I think the further we get away from it, I don't think we, as a movie, like, I won't know that I want to watch it again. (laughs) But I like thinking about it and I love the album. And I, like, even just today, I found a copy of the vinyl and I, I snapped that up so fast. Just because yeah. I like the idea of Streets of Fire more than I think I actually like it. Yeah, but, uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Also, I'm really surprised that Disney Plus hasn't greenlit a McCoy TV show prequel because they've greenlit everything else and they own everything. So I'm sure Streets of Fire is in there somewhere. Did you see they're doing a Flashdance remake? No, really? Why would you do that? Especially because Flashdance, uh, there, there's no way to update that because it is just... As I described it in our episode, it's a Me Too fairy tale. Yeah, really. How do you make... You You don't. Like, just let it be a problematic fave. We don't need fucking Demi Lovato or some other idiot recording a cover of What a Feeling. We just don't. I mean, is it going to be... I mean, I'm, conf- I'm confused about that, though, because is it going to be about the fact that like her boss is trying to date her and that's weird and creepy and wrong no because you uh, you, you can't is, remake flash dance you just can't well, well, and, and if it is like and there, and see i have this image in my head now of like they'll, they'll make that movie or series or whatever it's going to be and that'll be the story that her boss is, is dating her and trying to help her and that's creepy and weird but like they're going to make that out to be like a progressive thing but no flash dance was always about that yeah that's there from the beginning. Yeah, and it's just also, I think, it, like, what, is she going to do her, like, sexy dances on TikTok? I don't know. I sound a thousand years old, but the point is you can't remake Flashdance. And... But also the answer to that question is, of course, yes, definitely. Why wouldn't uh, they do that? Because uh, this is 2021. Uh, Not that that makes it better, but, like, yeah, they're going to do that. Uh, please, just deal please, with it. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, no. just don't. And But do give us a McCoy seat. <laughs> I think in my head, I and I don't know why, but I feel like McCoy should have a sidekick that is a gremlin. <laughs> I just see like McCoy carrying Gizmo around. I, you know what? I could see that. You can picture it. Like, like McCoy that's... has to like carry a flamethrower with Gizmo. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did some of Jim Steinman's cocaine. I don't know where I came on. I don't know. The end point of like '80s nostalgia is just like make an '80s cinematic universe where like every other character. That you wouldn't wait a minute. We just created Ready Player One. God no, damn no, no, it! No, 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 no. but like, okay, let's do it, but do it right this time. Like, it's, it's a McCoy series. She has a, a a gremlin as a sidekick, and at the at the end of season one, you reveal that it, it's actually been a Star Wars story the whole time. Christ! But no, nowhere fast is a banger. We're just gonna leave it at that. Quick, Joe, what's your next one so that we don't? <laughs> oh, we don't well, get back around to hating Streets of Fire. Speaking of movies that are secretly actually terrible. Uh, let's go to episode number 38, uh, where we talked about the Lost Boys. <laughs> so that we can talk about the uh, immortal classic, Tim Capello's I Still Believe. Let's hit it. <laughs> through the storms, through the cries, through the wars. How could I not have chosen this? Like, it's perfect meme material. You've got Sax Guy. You've got Tim Capella. You've got that amazing, like, synth score, that synth riff. It's everything that, like, the internet wants in an 80s song, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's like if, it, if the internet wrote an 80s song by committee. My problem with this song still is that it never gets going. It's always just, like, about to start. 
Yeah, I feel like the song was actually like 10 minutes long, and they said, you've got to cut this down at some point. Like, please. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Every time I listen to it, I'm still... Because I could picture Sax Guy being oily and hip-slingy. Yes. But then I I can't remember that it's a full song. I'm like, man, this is this is a full song. They're committing to do the full thing. <laughs> All right. The, th- okay. the thing that I always come back to, though, with it is like... You remember Sax Guy, but then the thing that I remember about the song itself is like the synth line, which is not saxophone at all. So like there's synth guy, there's sax line. They don't quite cross, but then <laughs> I don't know. I just plain, uh, I, I don't know. You really this is, a, this is a, 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 an episode where I'm just coming off as like, yes, I no, You know what it is? What it is, is these are all the songs that I've found that I hum the most because I like humming the synth line to this song. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, this one this one didn't land for me, but I do think about um Lost in the Shadows quite frequently. Mm, yeah. Yeah, a, a, a lot of the Lost Boys kind of came and went, like went in one ear out the other, but uh, I held on to I still believe. <laughs> you still believe and I still believe. I, I do. I do still believe in it. <laughs> and uh Oh, the Lost Boys. <sighs> My buddy Drew from the Shattered Shield podcast was kicking himself because he went out to LA and, and toured around actually where they shot the pilot of the shield um, and sort of did like a little mini shield tour. And then he was walking around and he's like, oh, that Ferris wheel is pretty cool. And then got home, looked at the Lost Boys poster on his wall. That Oh, that was the boardwalk. Oh, that no. was oh no! <laughs> he was so mad at himself that he didn't take a picture of it. That's a shame. I know. So he walked right by it. Murder capital of the world. There it is. Yeah. I, maybe maybe I shouldn't have picked this one, but I do just no, it, it sticks in, it sticks in my my head, and I can't get yeah. it out. <laughs> no, that's so that's sort of what we're celebrating here on this episode. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna turn it over to you because I don't really have anything else to say about this one. So. Uh, Let's move on. All right. Uh, my number four song is once again from There's Something About Mary. I don't think uh, I fully began to absorb and digest how much this soundtrack kind of changed my life. But um, this is uh, This Is The Day by Ivy. So again, from episode number 33. Let's go to a clip. I love this song so much. Another one I completely forgot about. But yeah, you know, as soon as I heard it, like, oh, right, Ivy. And it's funny because you really sold me on this band because we talked about it um, as the the intro right. to Kingdom Hospital. The TV theme song show, yeah. Yes. Um, our, our, uh, one of our other On the Fives. Mm-hmm. And I love this song so much that I actually went ahead and downloaded uh, the album it's on, which is uh, Apartment Life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've listened to that whole album. No, I haven't. It is stunning. Uh, there's another song called uh, Get Out of the City that I am just absolutely enamored with. But I I really fell into this that dream pop scene that they they have and i i like to pair this one when i'm making a playlist it goes really well with susie and the banshee's belladonna oh okay yeah that's a really really good one so it's, it's such an inviting song like i do and i do enjoy this one too I and do. it goes a lot of really complex places musically yeah there's like a lot it, of layers it, to this one yeah it goes all these kind of unexpected little chord progressions mm-hmm. and and variances and i i Love it. And I'm so mad that it's in a movie as dumb as There's Something About Mary. <laughs> like, it's it just feels wasted there. Yeah, because, like, even now, I'm thinking back about in that movie. I don't, I couldn't tell you where this fit back into the film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, you're right. Kind of a waste <laughs> there. It doesn't really bring to mind the film. But, yeah, yeah. great. But, that's a great pick. Yeah. And, and incidentally, with that one, um, I also ended up buying the 12 inch of the Propeller Heads History Repeating with Shirley Bassey. Ooh, nice. So that's, 
that's a spectacular soundtrack. What's on the B side for that? It's um, it's a twelve inch. So what they did oh. is there's three different mixes. There's the um, the knee length mix, which is the one that we hear in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's, I think it's the ankle length mix, and I think the floor length mix. So there's a... three different uh, versions of extended lengths, and I think there might be one other song on there, but I'm not, I'm not looking at the twelve inch right now. Okay. Um, but it's one of those things. Um, in listening to it. And when when you buy twelve inches, and I I didn't spend a lot of time in clubs. Um, I did a little bit when I lived in New York in two thousand five, two thousand six. I would go to a nightclub, but um, listening to to twelve inch records makes me really understand why people do coke. Because <laughs> after about minute seven, you're like, am I still fucking dancing? Oh my god, I can't keep up. <sighs> I need to get a drink. Or some coke. <sighs> yeah, that's like that's designed by. I the, just I uh, get it now. It's a des- it's Having never done blow, it's tailor made and designed by the the clubs to get you to stay there longer. I guess just be on the dance floor for twelve fucking minutes. Yeah, Jesus really. Christ! Or to work up a sweat so you buy more drinks. Yeah, uh, or do more blow in the bathroom. Um, the I almost bought you the twelve inch for Cuban Pete. Oh, no. The reason I didn't has nothing to do with my affections for you, but rather for the fact that it was the club mix and it wasn't the the movie original mix. It was the CNC Music Factory club mix and then a variant on that. Hmm. Yeah. You're welcome. That doesn't sound like a fun time for me. You're welcome. So I almost thought. Oh. I appreciate your restraint. <laughs> I almost put the Desi Arnaz version of Cuban Pete on my list, but since it's not officially on the soundtrack, yeah. I figured it wouldn't count. I didn't want to give Jim Carrey any, any more love than I need to. Yeah. So that is my great love for, uh, for Ivy and for Fairly Brothers soundtracks. This will not be the last time we talk about Ivy in this show. I guarantee you. Oh no! No way. We love Ivy. All right, so that means number three belongs to you. Number three, okay. Well, um, Libby, you're going to be happy about this one because you've you've finally cracked through my uh, my very dense, ridiculous shell, and Elvis Costello has finally yes! wormed his wormed his way into my brain. Woo! I did it. Because next up is uh, from our wedding singer episode, episode number thirteen. It's Elvis Costello and the attraction with Every Day I Write the Book. Let's go to a clip. I love this song so much. I'm so happy. It is very, very good. Like it, it actually it wore me down. And thinking, like going back through the songs for this show, like I, I picked this one out, and I remembered the piano line, sort of the the running themes, the relationship sort of storyline. It's great. Everything oh. about this is great. <laughs> I know it's such a beautiful, and it, again, it's got that great Steve Naive piano line. Yes. Oh, I, I love Steve Naive. Again, again. I keep picking songs that where I can like pick out one sort of uh, musical thread and it just hooks into my brain. And that, that piano line, I just can't get over it. It's funny because I, after we recorded that episode, Elvis Costello was the last concert I saw before the pandemic hit. Uh, Getting to see him at the state theater in Ithaca with uh, my friends, Michael and Mike and Penelope. Mm-hmm. And every day I write the book, as as I talked about in that episode, is sort of Michael and I's uh, song, and it reminds me a lot of him. And for the first time in all of the times I've seen Elvis Costello, he did not play it for the encore. Oh. I was I was sort of like, wait, why are why are the house lights coming up? He hasn't played every day I write the book. He played <laughs> What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, but he hasn't played every like you got to come back on stage. You you forgot to play a song. I was so, it was so bizarre. I've never heard him not do it before. So I should have known something was up. 
I should have yeah. known that pandemic yeah, was coming. Yeah, I was it was very sad, but it was it was it was a great, great, great show. Um he's always so fun to see in concert. Mm. I really can't wait till we have concerts again. Yeah, and uh my last concert before COVID hit. Um actually we'll talk about that shortly because that's still on the list. Um but for this, going back to this song, I finally actually went and found I didn't realize there was a music video for this song. Oh yeah, with Charles and Diana. Yes. It, where Charles is like doing everything he possibly can to like impress Diana and she's just not having it. Well, yeah, because he's Prince Charles and there's nothing impressive about him. Well, of course. But then the rest of the video of like of um, Elvis Costello and his band and the singers, it's like if that cool 90s logo cup had become a person, it looks like that. <laughs> and it's just very appealing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? With the 90s swooshes? Yes. On a solo cup? Yes. That's amazing. Like the inside of a Taco Bell in 1992. Yeah, except this is like very clearly like a decade or plus before that. Yeah. So this is like a, this is pioneering uh, yes. design work going on here. It's great. Yes, indeed. Yep. That's uh, Punch the Clock. And- that's that album. <laughs> but uh, the other thing about this song is that ever since that episode that we recorded, I started hearing this song out in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I had never like paid attention or noticed it before, but all of a sudden I only ever heard this song in grocery stores, <laughs> which I thought was weird, but it made sense because it's a very pleasant song. But going back to it now, like, yeah, it's just such a nice song. And why would they play it anywhere else? <laughs> that sounds mean. I shouldn't say that. It's it's weird that, that that's the place that it the song is found. It's like, oh, grocery stores love it. Yeah. That is that is a little weird, but I'll I'll go with it. It is. It's a very pleasant sounding song for yeah. how how dark it is. I mean, it's certainly yeah. not his darkest song because there's still we've still got you know a kinder murder to contend with, but um, but no. Every day I write the book is it's so good. It's such a phenomenal song. I'm a fan. I am now yeah. a fan. So I I finally that. broken you. Um, <laughs> I'm still good. working on you. So maybe by episode hundred we'll. I'll get you to admit, hmm, what can I get you? No, let's not do that. Hey, you <laughs> sold me on Ivy. That's true. That's true. Okay. So, well, so we've had, that, we've had that exchange. Like, it's not like I'm a huge Ivy fan. <laughs> you should be. They're amazing. Um... <laughs> oh, see, she turned the tables on me, everybody. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know what you could get me into. I'm sure there's something. So oh, one, of these, uh, one of these days you'll break me. Whatever. Yeah, well. Shark Island or one of those other bands you like. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Shark Island that I still picture is Street Sharks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's never the, yeah, it's just the Street Sharks name, whatever. <sighs> well, I, I feel like we've talked too much about Elvis Costello, so I think we're going to move uh, on. One, no, we haven't. Uh- <laughs> oh, okay. Please, by all means. No, no, by all no. Means. We, we could, I, honestly, I... I could do a whole podcast on Elvis Costello. Uh, actually, uh, Sharp well, and I joked that we were going to start an Elvis Costello podcast. We were just going to go through uh, album by album, which would give us a good 32 episodes, I think. And that's not counting bootlegs. Mm, well, that's, the man is prolific. You know, that's that's a lot of Elvis Costello. That's almost too much Elvis Costello. And I don't <laughs> think that's, you know, I don't think that's a good thing, Libby. No, it's just too much of a good thing. Which, yeah. thank you for that lead-in. That was very clever. Because I tried twice to do it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, because that's our number two song from uh, our episode number 28, Dumb yes. and Dumber. Here is The Sons with Too Much of a Good Thing. Chilling the air coming off the river tonight Sure and glad I chose my sweater Walk alone, I walk alone tonight Yeah, I felt better But I know In my heart One car in an alley is better than a With that irresistible sort of uh, guitar intro that the Irresistible just... to the fact that they didn't stop using it I know, right? Well, they loved it They loved that so much like, who cares about the rest of the song? But no, the rest of the song is fantastic. Oh, my God. To to put in perspective how 
much this song became a part of my life. I ended up using it. There is a little tiny scene built around it in uh, a book I just wrote that is being shopped around. So knock on wood. But uh, where the two characters who were in a uh, kind of jangle punk band in the 90s, um, they probably sounded a little bit like the Suns, um, are are listening to it in the car and talking about how they saw the movie uh, and thought it was dumb, but bought the soundtrack. And one of them is remarking that they should have gotten that Farrelly Brothers money. Because they said that this song specifically was wasted on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. That's amazing. Yeah. So I I actually, that's how often I listen to this song. And especially in in trying to write for those characters and what that band would have sounded like, Mm -hmm. which coincidentally is named after a line in an Elvis Costello song, The French Letters, uh, named for a line in Man Out of Time. I'm... It's just OST party references all the way down. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, you know, I just, that song really kind of sounded like what I imagined this band sounding like. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really crystallized how to write about them, this fictional band. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So that's thank fantastic. you for that. Absolutely. It was I'm, I'm almost worth suffering through Dumb and Dumber for. Almost. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I this is, pay, yeah. Sorry. No, go on. Yeah, like, this is a song, like, I, I, I think I mentioned it on the that episode. Like, I've had this soundtrack since I was a kid. I've heard this song pretty much my entire, you know, music listening life. And cer- there's a couple of lines in this song that I have never forgotten that I always think about. And it's just, like, what I think of when I think of loneliness. And it's, like, a lot of lines from this song. Mm-hmm. One car like, in an alley is better than a vacant lot. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's the, the one. one. I always think of you when I hear that line. So <laughs> I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. It's How just, it's such that. a perfect, like, I know exactly who, like, what they're talking about. I know exactly what that looks and sounds and feels like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, <sighs> and actually, this song, or sorry, let me take that again. This soundtrack, there's a bunch of songs I could have picked off this, uh, including uh, Dead Eye Dick's New Age Girl, which really in the first listen when we recorded the podcast i didn't love it but i actually found uh 45 of it and sort of bought it as a joke uh thinking it'd be kind of fun to play uh on the on record saturday and ended up really 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 liking it and then um found another copy and uh and sent it out to you so So. yeah so much so that uh, she found one and sent it to me so we both have it so we can both enjoy uh, the dead eye dick, as it were. Yes, um, but yeah, um, there's the the gigolo ants where I find my heaven. I listen to that. I almost, I I was torn between uh, this is the day and insomniac by Echo Belly. Mm. Uh, and finally, this is the day won out, obviously. But um, I uh, the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack is so good. Um. The, the Proclaimers song at the end. Oh, my God. Like, I just, I cannot get over how obnoxiously good that soundtrack is. And not to mention that just fantastic Crash Test Dummies cover. Yes. Uh, which I, I didn't want to put on this just because that was one that I sort of brought to the table. But right. the, it, that even got overshadowed by like, everything else that was on the soundtrack is like, quite a feat. Your entire list could have just been fairly, fairly it, movies. It really could have. If we had done more of their movies before this episode, it really could have. Well, I know we've got one coming up that I'm dreading, so. Oh, boy, yeah, I know. It. Oh, oh. Yeah. You all know what it is. So. Osmosis Jones. No. <laughs> Which I also believe I have seen. Oh, I've definitely I, seen it. It's, it's I a, might be thinking about the film Evolution. It's a horror etched into my brain. I can't get rid of it. Yikes. Um, the only thing, last thing I'll say about Dumb and Dumber is I will go to bat for the Green Jelly song because you were very upset about that. Yes, I was. I can't imagine a universe where that's they recorded that song seriously. That's got to be a joke. Of course it's a joke, but it's it's dripping with that Gen X irony that makes me want to like hit them with a barbell. 
I don't know. You know I, I just... hate Gen X irony. Oh, I know. I know. It's but my big pet peeve. Maybe this is just my, you know, eight-year-old self-talking, but I don't know. It's It, it, it works on me. No. I'm, I, am at a, I am eternally eight years old, so. Maybe. it's. I Maybe. guess it's just one of those things, like, as many, like, Gen X guys as I know, I know they're all just, like, dripping with disdain and self-loathing, and I'm just like, oh, get over yourselves. Eh, they're having a good time. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I'll be mad for both of us. The, the best, yeah. The best revenge is is a life well lived, as they say. Yeah, but you know, nothing, they, is, nothing is funnier than somebody being mad at you having a good time. Yeah, but they were on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack, so I guess. And you they, weren't. Yeah. Well. So. Uh, okay, let's stop this before we start getting mad at each other. Point in my corner. <laughs> All right. So that leaves our number one song as a drum roll, please. This one goes to Joe. Oh, well, like, like uh, you mentioned earlier, your last concert before COVID uh, was Elvis Costello. My last concert before COVID, a full, um, almost a full year before COVID, because I'm not a big concert person, <laughs> was, in fact, one Weird Al Yankovic. And the song that I've chosen to cap off this episode is The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Let's take a listen. And we saw the sign that said twine ball exit 50 miles. Oh, the kids were so happy they started singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall for the 27th time that day. So we pulled off the road at the last chance gas station, got a few more pickled wieners and a diet chocolate soda. On our way to see the biggest bottle of twine in Minnesota. We're going to see the biggest... Oh, man, this one just made me miss road trips. <sighs> right? Just the just, even just the act of going outside and seeing things, you know. But this song, so as big of a Weird Al fan as I am, as much as I loved UHF, you know, I never had the soundtrack to this movie as a kid. I didn't listen to it really ever. So that episode where we had um, Rich Rich Bennell Rich Bennell come back come in to talk about UHF was a real eye opener to me because like some of the songs, you know, I. I've heard because they're in the movie, but then the other half of that album I'd never heard before. And yeah, that includes same. Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, which I now consider like one of the best Weird Al songs, of course. Oh, it really is. And I had gotten to hear him do that one live too. And it's delightful. It's so it's so purely American. It really is. Like to the point where like I know he's being silly about it, but like I completely a hundred percent believe every word of it. Yes. <laughs> And having been to a giant ball of twine, as we discussed in the mm-hmm. episode, um, you kind of do want to like fall down on your knees. It really does represent like the best of America. It really does. What we it? can do. Yeah, we and work together to tie twine into a ball. Mm-hmm. So. And like, I, I really feel like as I grow older, my opportunities for doing things like that and seeing things like that is is like that window is starting to close. And I'm sure once I have kids, you know, I'll force them to go see dumb stuff like this. But and you know what? Honestly, it will be the the thing they remember the most. Probably. Like my mom made me go to a fucking pigeon museum <laughs> in Oklahoma, and it was dumb and terrible. And I was mad because I wasn't like out with my boyfriend, of like course, yeah. smooching him. Uh, which was something I could only do in Oklahoma because that's where he lived. Mm-hmm. But um. I still think about the uh, the Pigeon Museum, and I don't think about the, the boyfriend as much, mostly because he broke my heart. Mm. And the Pigeon Museum didn't. No, the Pigeon Museum would never break my heart. No, would never. It's too pure, <laughs> too perfect. But like this, the song, as I was listening, was listening to this, it just reminded me of like road trips that I've taken in over my lifetime and, and weird attractions that I've seen over my lifetime. Ah, uh, yes, the Georgia Guidestones. The Georgia Guidestones was a big one, yeah, but for some reason, the, the memory that popped up was um, a few years ago, my family and I were in Las Vegas, and a, a while <laughs> back, we, yeah, Las Vegas, not a roadside attraction kind of city, but, um, you know, we had, had been to Las Vegas a few times to the point where, like, we kind of did everything there is to do in Las Vegas. Well, even, I mean, there are a lot of slots in Las Vegas. Did you do all of the slots? I did so many slots, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> R.I.P. Cloris Leachman. Ah, yes. 
Yes, that was terrible, and we, we miss you, Floris Leach. Yes, the greatest slut of them all. <laughs> she would have loved that, by the way. <laughs> so, by this point in our in our my family's experience with Las Vegas, I'm starting to look up other things to do in Las Vegas that aren't just slot machines and Cirque du Soleil. And at some point, I just discovered there's an, an entire museum dedicated to like nuclear atomic testing in Las Vegas. Because beautiful you know, out in the deserts, they did that stuff. So I somehow convinced my entire family to go to this museum. <laughs> and it really is just, um, it, it's like a, adjacent to a college. So for one, like, okay, UNLV gets money. That's great. But also this museum is just full of like 50s and 60s kitsch sort of artifacts of like a, a, atomic age design stuff and um, like, a, a, you know, atomic toys and just the weird ephemera that the, you know, Cold War era kind of built around nice and the very last room in this museum i still remember this it's just a collection of geiger counters and it's such a weird owl thing to me it's just <laughs> a, a room with a wall full of geiger counters now i really want to go and there's like there's like a table in the middle of the room with like this it's like a, a ra some radio like low radioactive thing underneath a heavy piece of glass and you can take a geiger counter and wave it across it and it'll just go <laughs> just to show you how a geiger counter works <laughs> and my dad and I, I seriously just stood there for 10 minutes and played with it like that <laughs> it was the dorkiest thing we could possibly do in las vegas but we found it and we did it that's a, that's amazing and yeah you just wonder like how many of these places are still are going to make it Oh through, yeah, through these terrible times we're living in. I mean, how much does it really cost to maintain the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota? But you just think about all the you know little mom and pop diners that have closed, and all the little tiny roadside motels and and pieces of Americana that that might be lost. I don't think you know not to get super serious here on our podcast about you know movie soundtracks it, but not to get serious in this entry about weird owl but yeah but especially you know you and i are both big you know road trip film connoisseurs and and road trippers ourselves and i don't think we've kind of begun to recognize the toll that this is going to take on the american road trip as as a, a a part of who we are as a as a culture and as a nation Right. I mean, this we're a, we're a culture so built upon the idea of just getting in your car and driving somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we literally told people, go west, young man. Steal it's, some land from the Native Americans. And it's your it's your destiny, you know? It's yeah. what we are, who we are as Americans. But, like, now, you know, once, knock on wood, hopefully it will Sunday end. Now you can get in your car. Where is there to go? What is yeah. there to do? Yeah. Can you socially distance at the biggest ball of twine? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty busy. I know, yeah. I mean, security guards, hopefully they got masks on. Yeah. So. But, I mean, even even just today, I was out riding around, and the movie theater down the street from my house is closed down now. Mm. Like, for good, permanently. Oh. Like, they took the posters down, they took the sign down. It's gone. It's oh, not coming geez. back. And just, I don't think we've really, uh, like, fully understood yet just how much we've lost in this pandemic. Yeah, not just again, like the staggering, staggering death toll, which, yeah. you know, sadly, uh, I have family members who are among that, which I'm still processing in a lot of ways. But, um, but yeah, just a, an entire swath of, of culture just knocked out. So, and, and, and pieces of our, our small towns. Man, this got dark. I know, but <laughs> I, I think what we're really trying to say with all this, though, is, God bless you, Weird Al. You yes, thank really, you for levity in these dark times. That, and also you really, truly understand what it is to be American. Yes, and being able to take a road trip with our, yes. our records. And also just, yeah, take your records on a road trip and just the, the pure, uh, simple joy of a diet chocolate soda, which <laughs> the way he sings that in that song makes me really, really want one. I know that's gross, yeah, but I want Yeah, that sounds disgusting. One. Yeah. But also pickled wieners, like those sound really gross, but Yeah. I, he seems, I, he's seemingly obsessed with them, so. Mm -hmm. I want to stay at the Twine Ball Inn. Oh, that would be great. So we had the opportunity, as we discussed in the episode, um, to stay 
at the Twine Ball B&B in Cocker City, and we didn't take it because we didn't want to be made into a skin suit. You know, I, I understand that. Yeah. It's a, it, it would make a good story, but that's sometimes that's not a good enough reason. Yeah, you know? no, thank you. But um, I guess what we're trying to say is visit your local ball of twine. Support your local ball of twine. Yeah, exactly. In these difficult times. If, if, if there's a monument to something in your hometown, go check it out. Yeah. You know, it's it's there. It's there for your enjoyment. You might as well enjoy it. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, or you can visit uh, when you're out visiting Joe. He'll take you to see where The Crow was filmed. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the Crow and uh, Super Mario Brothers. And uh, that's right. Oh, so many things. So that's many right. I can't things. wait for you to take me to where Super Mario Brothers was filmed. <laughs> I hope it's still there. I really I'm do. very excited to visit Dino Hatton. Oh, yes. I'm going to wear my jumpsuit. <laughs> get your uh, your rocket boots and your jumpsuit i can't wait i'm gonna wear oh. my <laughs> i'm gonna wear my uh leather suit that i had from my ex-wife <laughs> oh god yeah oh, I... that movie's so great that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the other thing we didn't we didn't touch on Obviously, we only did five songs each, but um before we were starting um last week. I I did the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack and really even more so than what we we did the episode um discovered like Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. sort of realized like how good a song that is. Um and thinking about cuz we you know we tried to pick songs that, that weren't on soundtracks we we brought to the table but um uh White Trash by Southern Culture on the Skids from the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. That was one that I was able to sort of get more into mm-hmm. uh, for this, you know, through this podcast. But there's, you know, we've listened to a lot of really, really, really good music. Oh, yeah. And we've we've broadened our horizons a little bit, too, I think. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't I don't I don't think in, in my wildest dreams I would have ever, like, listened to, uh, say, like, the Earth Girls are Easy soundtrack. And any of the stuff that's on that, like the um, the very like stripped down cover of uh, Route sixty six, I think it's Depeche yeah, Mode the, did that. Yep, Fa- fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fascinating. Yeah, or I don't think I ever would have you know spent any time with the Karate Kid soundtrack. And e- I and even I hadn't like as as a yeah. big Karate Kid fan growing up, never once thought to or care or listen to the music in that. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I was just like sitting around one day and I got this text from my dad. Uh, I think it was after uh, Cobra Kai season three had come out and he was watching it and he had, you're the best stuck in his head. And he like went in the, like uh, the group chat with my sisters and I went on this like extended rant about how much he hates that song. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, he really hates that song. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, don't worry. There's, you know, there's plenty more on the, Oh yeah. Oh the yeah, Karate Kid soundtrack. So, yeah, I mean, we also found plenty of songs that we hate. Like we've rediscovered our deep loathing of uh, Cuban Pete. Yeah, Cuban Pete, and like, you know, two we, heads we... are better than one. <sighs> two heads are better than one. I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Like we we realized how obnoxious uh, the Brand Sensor Orchestra is without the Stray Cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah. I can't believe like we we had the Brian Setzer Orchestra and we just never gave the Blasters the chance they deserved. Yeah, that's true. Going going back once again to just how great Streets of Fire is. <laughs> yeah, this is such a great soundtrack. It's such a bad movie. That it's... seems to be sort of the underlying theme of this podcast is great soundtracks equal bad movies. Yeah, like they're in like inverse correlation. <laughs> yeah, Cool World, Super Mario Brothers, Dumb and Dumber, There's Something About Mary, Streets of Fire. Dick Tracy. Yeah, we didn't even touch on Dick Tracy. Yeah. Uh, you should all know that uh, Joe sent me not only Vogue on 45, but also more from Dick Tracy and from Madonna's I'm Breathless. So um, thank you for that. I found them both in like separate hunts. You know, <laughs> like I found uh, more on one trip and I found Vogue on the next. <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome yeah dick tracy was a trip so yeah that's been 50 episodes of the ost party and i feel like we're really just getting started oh yeah there are so many so many soundtracks out there 
there's so many that we want to do and so many that we know you want to hear us do. So so if you haven't recommended one yet, please uh, tweet at us at OST Party on Twitter. Email those recommendations to OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. Let us know because, man, the soundtrack world is just so much, people. Yes, and so many of them are uh, on vinyl, which is always really fun to find. Yeah. Um, especially when I could find one and then send it to Joe, like nine and a half weeks or the 45 for heroes from Godzilla. But that's the power of a, of a good soundtrack. We can, we can still remember these songs and we still think back to them. And some of them, the really, the really, really random ones just get stuck in your brain and they won't come out. Like Bricklin. Like, just like Bricklin. Who doesn't <laughs> love a little Bricklin in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> so then what are we doing for episode 51? Well, next time on the podcast... Uh, we bid a fond farewell to Daft Punk uh, by listening to and discussing the soundtrack to Discovery and Interstellar 5555. I don't know what any of those words are except for Daft Punk. So this is going to be really exciting for me. I actually don't know a whole lot of Daft Punk except for, you know, like one more time and then uh, Get Lucky, which I love and my husband hates. Like <laughs> violent. He's looking at me right now and he's shaking his head. No. He hates that song violently. Aww. Um. That was a bad summer for him because it was that and uh, Pharrell's happy. And he was just miserable anywhere he went. It was just the summer of Pharrell Williams. Yeah. It was I get bad. It. I get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so th- that'll be exciting. Um, Daft Punk is one of those bands I've sort of meant to get more into. Yeah, they're, they're a band that I've always been into the hits, but never really got deeper into them. So Yeah, so this will be great now that they've broken up. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> I can get really super into Daft Punk. Now that they've broken up and and all of their records are super expensive because everybody's trying to buy them. Yeah. So. We're, we're a bunch of idiots on this show, everybody. We kind of are. We're the biggest <laughs> idiots ever. Uh, yeah, we really are. But until <laughs> then, <laughs> everybody, uh, Libby, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. You can see me in Angel Street, so uh, which is probably why I sound like this. I just finished uh, doing that show. Uh, you also know it as the film Gaslight. So that's Ooh. been fun in these paranoid times. Uh, or you can find me over on the Shattered Shield podcast. We are finally in season six. We have, after uh, about a two-month hiatus, we are back. We're on the back end of the show, and um, it's it's exciting. I, I'm kind of sad it's going to be over soon. Uh, but unlike this show, which is going to go on forever. Of course. So, Joe, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at Cordial Wombat or... They can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast where we talk about Christmas movies all year round. Uh, the holidays may be over, but our show goes on forever and ever <laughs> and ever. It's a torture gauntlet of my own design. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? I don't know. So until we figure that out, I've been Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. <laughs> Buy the ticket. Take the ride. <laughs>